Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from Wiped Out to Wealthy. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Ashley Rose and Dr. Michelle, functional medicine doctor, naturopathic physician, and East Asian medical practitioner. Well, hey there, it's Dr. Michelle here. And as you know, October is the month of abundance and harvest. And it's also that time of month where we invite a female entrepreneur onto our show. So today we want to introduce you to Lauren Chandler of Lauren Chandler Cooks. In this episode, we chat about Lauren's amazing and unconventional journey into cooking with Whole Foods. She kitchen hopped around the globe, including a stint at the James Beard House and at restaurants in Boston, New York, and Oregon. She also shared her three non-negotiables when it came down to nailing her dream job. For years, she's been teaching cooks of all ages, skill levels, and food preferences, and has worked at Outside In, supporting its mission to help homeless youth and other marginalized people move forward to improved health and self-sufficiency. Through her business, she helps individuals and families grow healthier and happier through learning to cook. She also works in conjunction with clients' healthcare providers, customizes culinary instruction, and provides chef services. In addition to running her own small business, Lauren develops and teaches culinary classes to future nutritionists and naturopathic physicians at the National University of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. So let's get started then. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michelle. So let's test your intuition. What is the first question you think I'm going to ask you? I have a hunch you will ask about how I got to be where I am in terms of my career. Yes. Yay. (laughs) Um, That's a long and winding road and answer. Um, So when I graduated from college, um, I, I went to school down in New Orleans and studied medical anthropology. And when I graduated, I had applied and received a fellowship, uh, the Watson Fellowship, and that was to travel outside the U.S. for a year. And I was traveling, uh, studying, exploring different forms of healing, and they were considered a more alternative uh, then than they are now, much more mainstream. Uh, what I didn't anticipate, though, was that I was going to kitchen hop around the world. Uh, so essentially, uh, when I was um, exploring these different forms of healing, I was uh, at ashrams and different types of healthcare centers, uh, residential outpatient. And there were always these lulls in the day when uh, the patients were with their doctors or resting. And where do you do, what do you do? You wander into the kitchen because that's, you know, the hub no matter where you are. <laughs> and that's where the energy is. And I found that even when I was uh, in places where we didn't speak the same language, there was this common language um, in the kitchen that connected me to the folks that were there cooking. And um, after I got back from that year, I knew I wanted to do something uh, culinary related. And I uh, approached, I was back in Boston where I grew up and I approached a chef uh, who ran a successful catering company that was also a cafe and they had takeout um, case 
Uh, and I said to him, I would love to, to learn from you. I don't have a whole lot of experience except for volunteering in these different kitchens. And he said, great, I can teach you to cook, but I can't teach you to be excited about it. You're hired. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was a really um, amazing experience for me to just uh, take that risk and put myself out there like that and have him be receptive. Uh, and I, I come back to that a lot. Um, just you never know what's going to happen when you walk through a door. Um, so that was a phenomenal experience. And from there, I just felt encouraged to continue to learn. And I went to a cooking class. Uh, and there was a chef in town, Dee Dee Emmons, who's phenomenal. And she's written cookbooks. And I went to one of her classes. And after the class, I approached her and asked her if she needed an assistant. And she did. And so I started working for her. And then pretty soon thereafter, meeting her, I started teaching my own classes, uh, starting at a yoga studio where I took yoga classes. And, uh, and looking back on it, I can't believe that I just did that. I knew <laughs> very little, um, which I guess did, you know, ultimately worked in my favor, but I was really excited about what I did know. And I thought, wow, I can teach people how to make a soup. <laughs> like I didn't know how to make a soup a year ago. And um, so I brought my blender in and set up shop and, uh, and went for it. Um, and then I moved to New York City and went to a health supportive cooking school there, the Natural Gourmet Institute for Health and Culinary Arts. Uh, and I, I, all the while, I continued to teach mostly um, young people, um, underprivileged young people. Uh, and I ended up moving out to Oregon and uh, worked in a restaurant here in Eugene and got really into kind of the foodie side of things and found myself working on the line there and just feeling pretty exhausted and like an ant in an assembly line. And I um, had the privilege of being able to do work um, prior to that where I really felt like I was um, using my heart more. Um, uh, I didn't have a whole lot of heart in the game. And I was working with uh, these homeless young people who didn't know where their next meal was coming from. And uh, when I was reprimanded by the owner of the restaurant for my uh, poached egg not being perfectly poached, <laughs> uh, and I was so stressed out, I was like, I am out of here. Like, there are more important things to be stressing out about. Um, so I quit that job and continued to teach cooking and worked with young people and worked for a state senator. And I went, came up to Portland and uh, went to school, earned a master's in social work, worked at Outside In for over four years, uh, which is a nonprofit working with homeless youth and other marginalized populations. Um, and I realized, you know, at first I was working with young people and, and really thriving on um, building relationships. And then I moved into the development department, uh, where I after, you know, a couple of years, I really had my systems down and found myself looking at food blogs. <laughs> and I thought, this is I, I, I wasn't someone who felt um, at my best sitting at a desk. And I really wanted to be I missed the creative piece. Uh, and also the relationship piece. Um, so I quit and I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I knew I wanted it to involve the culinary piece and a job opportunity came up at Whole Foods in Tigard, um, just South of Portland. And, uh, the job was cooking coach and my position was to teach staff and also customers how to cook from scratch. 
So this was an incredible first um, job back in the industry after being out for eight years. And I really felt like I was using my heart and um, able to have Whole Foods as my pantry, no budget. I could go in there and just take things off the shelf and, and teach people what to do with them. Oh, my goodness. So what I found, though, was that there were so many people coming to me, staff and also customers, uh, who would have a list in their hand. And the list would have ingredients um, like flax seeds or uh, kale, maybe. And they would come to me and say, my doctor, my nutritionist, my fill-in-the-blank um, encouraged me to eat these things. So do I get the golden flax seeds or the brown? <laughs> And what like what do I do with them? And so they were being told what to do, and even sometimes given recipes. But a lot of people need to be shown. And um, you know, as adults, most of us are experiential learners. Uh, and so I really wanted to start like the genius bar at Whole Foods, where people would come in and say, you know, I keep messing up my pesto, and we would just run up to the kitchen and and get that down for them. Um, but that didn't happen. Uh, so I, I just decided to go out on my own. I saw a need that wasn't being met, um, bridging the gap between what healthcare providers are advising and making it real and doable for folks. Uh, so I, I quit and I went ahead and started my own business. Um, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm bridging that gap and working with individuals and couples and families in their homes um, and also teaching culinary classes at the National University of Natural Medicine. I love that. I love that your story has all of these different components that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. You know, you've got that like mentor person in Boston that kind of helped you get out of that shell in a way. And then you've got, you know, this sort of disheartened, like, I'm going to quit. Like, this is not where my heart is. Like, I need to move on. You've got that risk taking part where it's like, well, I'm just going to quit. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to find it. It's just, I love it. I love that story. It's awesome. And and what's really great now is that at uh, NUNM, I'm a mentor. So I have 10 students who I'm a mentor to each year. And I love that, being able to encourage them to follow their passion and, and really go towards what's lighting up for them. That's awesome. I love that. I knew that um, for the longest time, I've had ideas for businesses, but none of them really felt like me. And this was the thing that really felt like like I could step into it and, uh, and own it. I feel like as entrepreneurs, that's something that we all crave. <laughs> so that was awesome. I feel like you probably already answered it to some degree, but I'll go ahead and ask this anyway, in case there's something else you want to add. But what, what was your key driving force to become a, a ladypreneur, an entrepreneur? Uh, well, it's a few things. I didn't really plan on it. Um, but when I saw that need that wasn't being met, um, it really seemed like the thing that I could do. Um, and I was already doing it. But um, also knowing I've known for a really long time what I would want in what's my ideal work situation. And there are three things that I would always come back to, um, which are that it's fulfilling for me and flexible because I, I like my life outside of work, too. <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, fun. So forever, I had different job situations that I would either have one or two of those things, but I never had them all fun, fulfilling and flexible. And uh, I, I, out being 
an entrepreneur and going out on my own, um, I, this is the first time it's really encompassed all three of those. Uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Having that clarity. And I like how they all start with F's kind of like females oh. in fine fettle. It's <laughs> 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 awesome. All right. So how do you stay motivated when things don't really go as planned? Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult, but it's easier now that I've been at it for a little while. Um, I know that there are going to be ebbs and flows. So I really just try to keep the bigger picture in mind. Awesome. And what book or person has inspired you the most? Uh, gosh, one. I'm going to go with my dear friend, um, Janelle Isaacson. Uh-huh. Uh, she started Living Room Realty uh, here in Portland when she had two small babies and did it on her own and has grown that business to become a really successful business. Uh, her values are embedded in everything she does. And you should definitely get her on this podcast. Um, she really is impressive. And there, there are ways I wouldn't have bought my house if it weren't for Janelle's friendship and encouragement. And she's also supported me um, to continue moving forward with my business. Um, she, she definitely, uh, she's fun. She has her fulfilling work and she's created, um, a really happy workplace for other people too. Uh, and, uh, check her out. She's, she will inspire you, no doubt. Awesome. I'll totally reach out to her. I'll also link to living room realty in our show notes. Oh, good. Yeah. So has your health ever come between you and your business? Knock wood, it has not. Awesome. Um, I'm really <laughs> fortunate that it hasn't. But I do think about what would happen if something went down because it is a very physical job teaching people to cook. I'm on my feet a lot and using um, my hands and uh, I, I climb rocks. And if, if there's a finger injury, um, that could be problematic. Mm. For sure. This, that kind of ties into the next question. Do you have any self-care practices to help you kind of recharge and even prevent, you know, work-related injury? Um, and if so, do you have anything that's totally non-negotiable? Actually, that's exactly it. Um, getting outside to rock climb. It's the thing that really keeps me present. Um, it grounds me, takes me to beautiful places with friends. And uh, I I got to do that to, to just stay I feel most me when I'm climbing and cooking uh, and when I'm teaching cooking. But I, 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 for a long time, I thought, well, I'm going to combine the two. And that would be my ideal job situation if I could climb and cook for work. And I realized it's better to keep them separate so I can um, really have the full experience of each um, unique uh, passion. Yeah, for sure. How long have you been climbing? I've been climbing, let's see, I guess since 2009. Awesome. Do you have any favorite spots? Oh, I have so many favorite spots. <laughs> um, I, well, I've been really uh, fortunate to have traveled to Thailand to climb and down to Mexico to Petro Chico and um, Maple Canyon in Utah I go back to frequently and, uh, yeah, lots of places. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I've never been. I, I have a fear of heights, but we'll see someday. I've heard amazing things about climbing. So <laughs> there's always got to be something on the books to look forward to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Um, what entrepreneurial tricks or hacks have you discovered to keep you focused and productive during your busy schedule? So I find that I'm most focused and productive when I'm busy, you know, having that structure. Mm-hmm. Um, when I don't have a busy schedule is when I just, you know, things in motion stay in motion, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So staying busy and engaged, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if that qualifies as a trick or a hack, but that comes to mind. Um, you know, some of the, the ones that common ones, just like keeping lists, taking lots of notes in my calendar, um, planning in advance. And that includes intentionally leaving open space in my calendar so that I have some breathing room and spontaneity. Yes. I, I definitely work that in there. Awesome. Yeah, that that one's that one's huge. I do that too. <laughs> kind of block <laughs> off chunks of days or entire days of like, okay, no work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, doing the work that I do, it'll creep in and um I'm lucky that I really love my work. So, you know, sometimes it feels like work, but a lot of times it doesn't. It's it's nice when you can't really find the line and can't discern between work and play. Totally. I mean, that's that's kind of the key when you found what you love to do and you're doing it. Yeah. So awesome. Okay, next question. What are the top three blogs or podcasts that you can't imagine your day without and why? <laughs> that's a funny <laughs> question to me because I feel like uh, behind the times or something because I honestly cannot imagine looking at three blogs a day or listening <laughs> to three podcasts every day, let alone one. Um, awesome. <laughs> I listen to podcasts, uh, but not every day and definitely not three. Yeah. Do you have any favorite ones? I like, well, there's one that I've been listening to recently called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. Uh-huh. And it's really phenomenal. It's this uh, guy who is, I think he's 28 years old and um, he's really vocal in public around issues of social justice and he gets a lot of hate mail and trolls online. And so he's created this podcast to have conversations with those people who have attacked him um, online. Whoa. (laughs) Yes, he is very skillful and kind and funny. And he's able to connect with these people. And um, I think that it's uh, a very uh, productive use of of, uh, bandwidth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, usually I feel like people just kind of either disregard or ignore or, you know, kind of pretend that those people don't exist and they don't engage with them. But that sounds really interesting. Right. He calls them out and and they engage with him and they have a really, um, everyone I've listened to, and I think I'm caught up, uh, they all engage. And at the end of each podcast, he asks them um, if they hate him and they all say no. Whoa. Uh, it, yeah, it seems like it's doing some good for sure. And, you know, I listened to This American Life and How I Built This, some of the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Um, what is your current project or passion? You know, right now we're in back to school at the university. And so I'm really focused on my classes there. Uh, it, this time of year, like that's, that's my focus. And it's, it's just super fun to have a new group of students coming in, um, who are starry eyed and excited. So I'm meeting with all my mentors uh, or sorry, all my mentees mm-hmm. and, uh, and teaching. Awesome. Are you just teaching them recipes or techniques or all of the above or? So this term I'm teaching culinary skills. I have two sections of culinary skills. So that's like, just the basics. Um, we're 
doing different like stove techniques and oven techniques and um, talking about how to uh, season and uh, ingredient like knife skills. So just an overview going into grains and proteins, et cetera, et cetera, sauces. And then I'm teaching a seasonal cooking class, which is taking them to the farmer's market, menu planning, creating feasts, bringing in some outside speakers. Oh, fun. Uh, that one I like to call farmer's market meets summer camp. Nice. <laughs> Rad school. Yeah. Very cool. And are these mostly naturopathic students or are they other... Um, mostly it's the nutrition grad students. So there's a master's nutrition program that's a few years old at NUNM, but oftentimes their students are duly enrolled in nutrition and the naturopathic program or, uh, global health or Chinese medicine. And sometimes those students, um, who aren't in the nutrition program, but just in one of the others will take my classes as, um, an elective. Awesome. So is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share with our audience? One thing that does come to mind that I, I don't know if there's a way to work it in, if there's a question that could get at this or mm-hmm. not, but I think like with cooking um, and like lifestyle blogs and all the messaging that we get there, I think there's a lot of pressure um, to cook and mm-hmm. to do everything and to do it well and to make it look beautiful and all of this. And like, of course, I'm a proponent of cooking. Um, but I also like, I just want people to know that like, it's okay if you don't like to cook, Mm -hmm. Um, like there are lots of ways to get nourishing food to the table. And, um, there's a food writer, Molly Watson, who wrote a really beautiful article about this. And she essentially says like, you know, she's got a kid and she's like, I, I get it. Like if it's it's a pain in the ass to get food on the table sometimes, and I don't want to do it. Um, and just validating that people have full busy lives and don't always have the luxury to be able to cook, let alone enjoy it. Yeah, so, for sure. There are a lot of barriers to cooking. It's not for everyone. And, um, that's totally fine. So I could send you a link to that article. It's a good one. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I'll, uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. Great. That'll be perfect. Okay. And then how can our audience find you? They can find me on my website, which is laurenchandlercooks.com and the same handle at Instagram. Um, I am on Facebook, but not very often. (laughs) Awesome. I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, that is all of the questions that I had. And I just want to thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Michelle. I really appreciate you welcoming me on your show. Well, there you have it. I love how everyone's story to entrepreneurship is unique. Some people are thrown into it while others stumble upon it, and still others have this slow and steady progression towards it where every experience builds upon itself. So be sure to visit femalesinfinefettle.com and click on episode 14 to grab your freebie. Lauren has put together a special giveaway for you, so be sure to check it out. All right, I cannot wait to meet you back here next week in episode 15. We'll be talking about handling the holidays when it comes to troubleshooting the trials and tribulations we can experience, whether it be related to family, friends, or food during these festive times. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Bye for now. 
Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.